Moss knocked over Campbellini, winds up and he scores! Jeff Campbellini lets a laser go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Campbellini. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer, flinging the tangled headset to the floor, I ever so gonna, delicately. I was going to go, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what would it take about day uh, 1400 of, uh, I, think I think it's something like 1461, somewhere around there. Days. Oh, the, oh, the war? Yeah, the Iraq war. Well, big rally, uh, protest parade in town, of course, on Saturday in a number of American cities. Was that a war protest? I thought they were just celebrating St. Patty's Day. Well, there was an awful lot of uh, excessive uh, public drunkenness. And, you know, for all the complaints that people make about the hash bash, the... Um, Early hours on the bars. I don't know, as a taxi driver, yeah, you're working I, I, later, I, but I work early in the morning, relatively early on Saturday mornings. And the bars were open so early that by 10.15, when at my Saturday job, we go out for the coffee run, people were already passed out drunk yep. at local bars. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no wonder some people call St. Patrick's Day, like New Year's Eve, amateur day. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand the uh, celebratory nature of being... You know, alcohol poisoned uh, successfully into uh, oblivion by uh, quarter after 10 on a Saturday morning. Yeah, it's always amazing to think of the concept of waking up to go drink. That's uh, (laughs) strange, but uh, unfortunately part of the uh, modern day ritual of St. Patty's Day that I'm sure has been grotesquely perverted by, well... Commercial interest. Um, commercial interest. Yeah, it's it's you know all the green paraphernalia is part of the uh, part of the problem, and of course people, you know, once a year, I guess I can deal with it. Uh, actually, St. Patty's acceptable binge drinking. Yeah, well, St. Patty's Day in Ann Arbor is actually even more amateur day than New Year's Eve because so many more people are in town. That's true. So we'll uh, let that one. Uh, so I'll, I'll give a brain damage award to anybody who was. Uh, Involved in that, being of Irish descent myself, as I think you are. Yeah, too, I got some um, too I much make, Irish in me. I'm afraid. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got the personality that, uh, and I no longer drink as I once did. Uh, I tend to be a something of a mean drunk, uh, verbally aggressive, bait people into fights and so forth. Uh, not my thing to be drunk. It's, uh, I think, kind of a big waste of time. But I also make it a point not to wear green on St. Patrick's Day since I'm Irish all the time. Even though that means I'm a moody bastard. Ah, I see. Well, I don't have the problem of the mean drunk, but uh, my advice to all drinkers out there is uh, avoid bourbon. That is an alcoholic beverage that promotes meanness in drinking. Uh, Stick to uh, other beverages, um, and uh, you'll instead be a happy drunk. (laughs) Uh, 
St. Patty's Day is coming past. Uh, just an, another quick uh, comment uh, about something local that's c- coming up this week is the Ann Arbor Film Fest. Yes, indeed. Starts tomorrow, and I think it's particularly important this year that uh, people attend. Uh, it is the 45th anniversary. It's uh, one of those wonderful Ann Arbor events, and uh, because of uh, politics, ooh, that dirty word, um, locally in the state of Michigan, uh, funding has been cut off to the Ann Arbor Film Festival because of uh, the fact that a few legislators and I believe the one of those uh, Republican think tanks that meets up at Mackinac uh, is outraged by perversion at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Preversion, no doubt, as well. Preversion because of uh, the you know the artistic depiction of quote quote sex and or um, <laughs> excrement uh, issues. Uh, and without going into the artistic merits of those kinds of films, uh, it would be much better um, if uh, government funded these sorts of things rather than uh, the war in Iraq, for yeah. instance, uh, which is true immorality, in my opinion. And uh, so it's very important for the public to, to show its support. To show its support and uh, uh, thumb your noses at those. Uh, Goody two-shoes in the state legislature that uh, have no problems uh, supporting Bush's war in Iraq because it is, uh, once again, the conservatives that are behind this uh, uh, suppression, shall we say, of, uh, of uh, artistic um, perspective. Well, and, and I'll take advantage of this reference to the Ann Arbor Film Fest to make a few comments about uh, something I had hoped on uh, getting around to last week but neglected to. Uh, then that is the film 300, which I'm sure has a lot of conservatives uh, very happy and even banging their chests a little bit. I don't mm. know if you've seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but I do plan on seeing it. because Visually, the- quite an interesting film, very entertaining <laughs> film. It has a sort of a graphic novel look and feel. Some might say a video game look. Um, a comic book expert. Action. It's based yeah. on a graphic novel about a fame at the Battle of Thermopylae, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, vast numbers of Persians against noble Spartans. And unfortunately, given the political climate within which the film has been made and now screened, uh, it's impossible to divorce the film from the current day context. Sure. And this is unfortunate because the film goes out of its way to turn Persians into... Uh, Barbarians, barbarians, and uh, sexually uh, aggressive. Uh, Xerxes, for example, is depicted as though he were some sort of combination between RuPaul, Mr. Clean, and uh, some sort of psychotic monster. (laughs) And uh, the Spartans are uh, given a completely new uh, cast. A facelift. A facelift, (laughs) a complete facelift, as the noble defenders of freedom and democracy. And, of course, uh, well, that was really Athens, and even that's a complex uh, matter and problematic because all of the uh, early and original democracies were, uh, of course, dependent upon slavery, as was the case in our own country. But uh, the Spartans are depicted as those who stand for freedom, and Athenians are even denounced at one point in the film as boy lovers. Well, anyone who knows their history knows that Spartans uh, trained and fought as partners, and you were partners and lovers, so there's all sorts of historical misrepresentations. And the king of Sparta's uh, speech, well, it's not really a speech, he's sort of uh, 
thinking aloud to himself and his wife, uh, seemed to kind of cherry pick phrases from some of Bush's early speeches mm -hmm. uh, about the current war in which, you know, what if I have to break the law to defend our freedom? And his wife says, well, don't think of it as a king. Think of it as a free, think as a free man. And, of course, um, that opens the gate. Uh, that having been said, it is an entertaining film, and if you're going to see it at all, see it on the big screen, it, it will look terrible on a small screen, I think. But uh, that's the sort of film that uh, will probably make the people who hate the Ann Arbor Film Festival very happy because it hits all the right notes. It plays into the sort of national hysteria about whipping up uh, sentiment for war against Iran. Um, so go to the Ann Arbor Film Festival, uh, Festival, support independent and alternative films, and it really is uh, an internationally recognized, uh, albeit a small festival compared to like Cannes or um, Sundance or whatever, but it's an important film festival, so you should uh, try to get down there. Well, it's definitely alternative, and of course they mainly provide um, documentary experimental movies and uh, some very in interesting animation and, of course, the three judges offer films that they've produced over the years, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3. Uh, those are free and open to the public and uh, well worth attending. I usually catch probably two out of three of those. So uh, do attend the Ann Arbor Film Festival for a variety of reasons, um, both as a political statement and uh, as an artistic statement. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, 300 has been denounced uh, as a uh, historically inaccurate. It's interesting, by the way, that the Iranian government has called for boycotting the film, and internationally there may be uh, an effort to do this um, because of the xenophobia, shall we say, uh, that's in it. But uh, I'm going to check it out just for its uh, cultural rel relevance, mm -hmm. and uh, We'll evaluate it after that. I, of course, uh, don't understand how the Spartans can somehow be uh, given a facelift. They were a barbaric uh, subgroup themselves in many ways. Right, and actually, I, you know, talking with people about it, I remember back in the late seventies, uh, early eighties, the height of the Cold War, the Reagan years, there when uh, the great comparison was we were Athens and they were Sparta. And, you know, oh, we don't want to be like the Spartans. We don't want to be like the Soviets. You know, we're for freedom and individual rights and so forth. And now here the Spartans are, you know, positioned as the noble defenders of freedom and democracy. So a little weird. A little weird. Uh, but, of course, uh, weirdness is part of everyday life here in America. And you have to uh, view the... Uh, uh, we'll just give a brain damage award out to the uh, people that were uh, protesting in support of the war down in Washington. That is just bizarre. One of the most bogus arguments that's going on today, by the way, is somehow I think that it, it's been well established that the Bush administration uh, has inadequately, quote unquote, supported the troops. The historical uh, record of the Bush administration in that regard is... Uh, in almost every possible way. In every possible way. Um, but one of the bogus uh, debates that's now going on is this issue about funding the war. Um, the Republicans, of course, are superficially winning this uh, public relations battle, claiming that the Democrats will not cut off funding. There's a new revision revisionist theory going around that somehow, the, the, because the Democrats cut off funding in the at the end of the... Um, 25-year Indo-Chinese uh, adventure, 
that somehow that was why we lost. Uh, this is all nonsense. The real issue is when are the Republicans going to start the funding? When is the government going to pay for this war? So to you supporter, uh, war protest supporters out there, which, uh, uh, you know, I would recommend uh, psychological <laughs> treatment because um, you're sort of uh, supporting occupation uh, and mass murder. You may not realize it. Uh, I would recommend uh, seeing a psychiatrist um, and also uh, look into your own souls and uh, judge whether or not you've paid your share for the war. Uh, where are the taxes? When, when have the taxes been increased on the American people? George Bush is living in a kind of a fantasy world. Uh, his comments today, um, I think, continue to confirm this nonsense. Uh, the idea that the, we're... we're as he puts it, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the, the conflict is still in its early stages. Uh, this is a very troubling concept. Five years down the road? Uh, we've been in Iraq longer than we were involved in World War II. Um, in fact, uh, this will go down in American history as our longest war of all time, other than Vietnam, Indochina, however you want to characterize it. Uh, obviously, it's going to be up to Bush's successor to get us out because uh, he's not going to get us out. He uh, believes in the mission, whatever it may be at this point. And there's just overwhelming evidence uh, to the uh, to, to the contrary regarding Mr. Bush's uh, theories about why we're there. Um, one thing I'd like to uh, mention on today's show, I've been uh, reading a little interesting book uh, called The Secret Way to War by uh, Mark Danner, uh, entitled, uh, that's the title of the book, subtitled The Downing Street Memo in Iraq oh. War's <laughs> Buried History. And it's fascinating to actually check out the legal issues here. And I'm just going to mention these because it's, this is a uh, basically a reprint of a uh, article that appeared in the New York Review of Books uh, some many months ago, and then it's of a pretty small-looking book. It has, yeah, it's it's one of those things you can read in one one day uh, or two if if needed. Um, but it's interesting to check out some of the legal issues that the British are concerned about. The Downing Street Memo, of course, is in reference to internal British documents that have been uh, since published in uh, memoirs. Uh, in Britain, uh, they have not gotten enough coverage here in the United States, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and they uh, basically are sort of a series at the back of the book of in the appendices, in the appendices, so to speak. Um, summaries of some of the cabinet uh, and and memos that were being sent back and forth to the British regarding um, their uh, concern about the fact that. Uh, early on, uh, in the, the, the original Downing Street memo uh, reflects a comment uh, by the uh, Richard Dearlove, who uh, was essentially the equivalent of the head of the CIA, the MI5 over there, who reports on his recent talks in Washington. And this is dated from the 23rd of uh, July 2002, well before the Bush administration even began selling uh, a war in Iraq, though there certainly were right-wing journalists that were already well on their way to doing just that. 
Dear Love reported, and I'm quoting from the Downing Street memo, reported in his recent uh, talks in Washington, there is a perceptible shift in attitude. Military action was now seen as inevitable. Bush wanted to remove Saddam through military action justified by the conjunction of terrorism and weapons of mass destruction. But the intelligence and facts were being fixed around the policy. The NSC had no patience with the UN route and no enthusiasm for publishing material on the Iraq's, uh, Iraqi uh, regime's record. There was little discussion in Washington of the aftermath of military action. That, to me, is one of those glaring sentences that screams um, why we're in the mess we're in, why we're in the quagmire. That's the famous Downing Street memo. Now, later in the book, there's a section where um, the uh, attorney general brings up the issue of legal, the legality of this. And it's interesting to find and discover that the British have, uh, confer have decided in their internal debate that there is no basis for regime change. Uh, the Attorney General, the equivalent of the Attorney General of Britain, writes in a memo to Blair, uh, of itself, regime change has no basis in international law. A separate note by the FCO legal advisor setting out the general legal background and obligations and the relevant UN resolutions is attached. So he then goes into discussing this. Uh, he points out that Article 51 of the UN that did apply in Afghanistan does not apply here unless, quote, if Iraq were about to attack a neighbor. Uh, there is simply no evidence of that. He continues, currently the military offensive action against Iraq can only be justified if Iraq is held in breach of Gulf War Ceasefire Resolution 687. 687 imposed obligations on Iraq with regard to the weapons of mass destruction and monitoring these obligations. But 687 never terminated the authority to use force mandated under uh, UN Resolution 678. Thus, a violation of 687 can revive the authorization of use of force under 678. Well, he then goes on to point out that the only way uh, that, weapon, that a war could be justified um, is if Iraq has flagrantly violated its obligations under UN Resolution 687. They then go into great detail that this has not happened, not occurred. And in fact, um, it's interesting that on March 7th, and I'm quoting here from Frank Rich's uh, summaries, some of the concepts uh, entitled The Ides of March 2003. Rich writes, on March 7th, appearing before the United Nations, this is sort of, sort of a, kind of his uh, selective chronology, he writes, appearing before the United Nations Security Council on March 7, uh, 2003, the same day that the United States and three allies, Britain, Spain, and Bulgaria, put forth their resolution demanding that Iraq disarm by March 17th, the director of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Mohammed El-Baradei, reports that, quote, there is no evidence or plausible indication of the revival of a nuclear weapons program in Iraq, quote-unquote. He adds that the documents, quote, which formed the basis for the report 
of a recent transaction between Iraq and Niger are in fact not authentic, quote-unquote. None of the three broadcast network evening news casts mentions these findings. He then writes in parenthesis, in 2005, Elbarde was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. This is the, 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 the basis of the fact that the, the, the argument that the war in Iraq is illegal. Plain and simple. Uh, there were never was any material finding by the UN, uh, by anybody, uh, that the uh, Iraqi regime, as distasteful and despicable as it was, was at any time in violation of UN Resolution 687. Hence, our present there, presence there is illegal, uh, unwise, and immoral. Yeah, and the uh, mysteriously brain-damaged uh, former left-wing writer Christopher Hitchens has recently posted an article cheekily titled, So, Mr. Hitchens, Weren't You Wrong About Iraq?, in which he defends his position and maintains throughout this brief little thing, which is posted online on Slate, um, that in fact uh, America was right to go in and uh, topple Saddam and that the world is actually safer, um, which seems to be a fairly remarkable statement on its face. Um, <laughs> since, uh, although, yes, we have been spared uh, s subsequent uh, attacks, uh, there, you know, uh, there hasn't been a second 9 11. Uh, that has nothing to do with the war, but the destabilization of that entire region, um, the complete collapse into chaos uh, all throughout uh, Iran, uh, Iraq rather, the strengthening of Iran as mm -hmm. a regional pillar, um, it could hardly uh, have gone worse than it has. Well, and, and of course all the experts point out that at this point the military's uh – Occupation of Iraq can accomplish virtually nothing because we're at the stage where obviously a political solution is needed. And the United States, at the end of the day, is going to have to decide who it wants to prevail in Iraq um, because uh, they've created a pretty much no win situation. Bush, of course, once again today in his public comments, tried to claim um, that somehow. Uh, you know, he mentions 9-11 and conflating the issues, uh, something that he's been guilty of repeatedly over his presidency, um, and claims that we have to stay in Iraq pretty much because we don't want Iraq to become a, quote, failed state like Afghanistan and thus a harbor for terrorists. <laughs> well... Um, we've pointed out over uh, many uh, shows over the years that the uh, terrorism in Iraq is, is, uh, has been created by the United States invasion of Iraq. Um, Saddam Hussein, as despicable and distasteful as his regime was, has uh, over the years been viewed not as a uh, t terrorist, but as a bulwark in the region against Iran. And against communism back in the uh, 80s as well. Against communism and also against radical Sunni Wahhabism, mm -hmm. which, of course, is the problem that we're confronted with today. We seem to be in uh, a situation, amazingly, though not surprisingly, because, the, of course, the critics like ourselves well, well before the war pointed out these problems, 
Um, the uh, radical Wahhabis, you know, are strong in Anbar province. And, of course, if you look at a map of uh, American casualties in Iraq, this is one of those mm-hmm. big circles, as they say, where probably a thousand American troops have died um, in this area. And uh, the United States is now in a situation where it's trying, like South Vietnam, trying to prop up a government, keep it in power that doesn't really have the real support of the public. This new ABC poll that's come out that shows that a majority of Iraqis think that the situation in Iraq is worse today than it was under Saddam Hussein, I think is the epitaph of the Iraq war. It's a, it's a, it's a fiasco. Yeah, uh, unwinnable uh, for a number of reasons since, you know, at the very earliest of uh, Abu Ghraib, but in a, of course, there's also the question of uh, democracy in whose eyes. Uh, if the, the, there's voting, well, then the Shia will win and Iraq will become a primarily Shia state. But also on the subject of the concept of a failed state, it's really ridiculous to compare Afghanistan and Iraq because, as we've also noted numerous times, Afghanistan... Well, first of all, Iraq was a country whose borders were drawn up by Britain, and it was created to be a sort of uh, amalgam Mm -hmm. so that uh, for imperial reasons it could, you know, you pit the one force against the other to uh, support your own uh, ends. But Afghanistan is really a completely separate matter. I don't know if there's another country in the world like it. It's not a failed state. It's just barely even a state. It's a nation by default. It's some of the most... uh, untenable terrain in the world, uh, agriculturally very limited, resource poor, um, cold, hot. You know, it's got all the extremes. It's got none of the conveniences. Um, any outside forces who have attempted to exert military control over Afghanistan have inevitably failed. And so the idea that you can create a state in Afghanistan that will have any sort of authority outside of Kabul is ludicrous on its face it's it's just given the nature of the terrain going to be a turf a piece of turf which is just inescapably leaning towards tribalism yeah and if bush needs a military victory uh to finish out his presidency i will recommend that he shoot a contingency of marine uh folks up to the moon (laughs) they can take that over or uh, they could reinvade Granada. Plant, plant a flag and uh, <laughs> declare it American. Um, so, yeah, this is this is all very troubling. Of course, the surge, uh, there have been some comments recently that uh, it's been a success <laughs> or, or is showing signs of success. Uh, some Republican senators in the debate last week said, oh, we've got to give the surge a chance. There's been uh, recent success. Um, this, once again, is... Uh, really a fantasy. I mean, what sort of a military leader, by the way, just for the record, um, publicly announces that he's going to escalate the troop level, you know, to, I mean, that just defies military strategy. Any, quote, real commander-in-chief, and Bush has to be the the worst uh, commander-in-chief in in American history. I I don't think he has a clue about anything except... uh, he knows how to deliver a speech. Well, the fact that they did make that public knowledge is evidence itself that it's really not so much a military strategy as a public relations ploy. It is, and it's always been about PR. I mean, one of the big problems, and I, you know, another book that I've been reading is uh, Thomas Ritt, and this is this this book's outstanding, Fiasco: The American Military Adventure in Iraq. Uh, he's a uh, Washington Post. Uh, 
defense specialist who just goes into great detail about the complete lack, as the British memo points out, there's been no discussion of the aftermath, <laughs> Uh, that there's no planning about who's in charge or, um, you know, what we're going to do once we win. He goes into great detail about how there's an incredible disengagement by uh, <clears throat> the advocates of the war uh, once the statue came down in April of uh, 2003, that uh, the people that were advocating the war had no idea what they were going to do next and that it was sort of a wing-it plan and that public relations was the main um, objective. Let's remember that it was George Bush on July 2nd of 2003 that famously said, bring them on. And, of yeah. course, subsequent to that, if you go back and you check the sort of uh, chronology of the insurgency, it did uh, start up shortly thereafter. Most of the be a terrorist attacks that really got the insurgency going uh, were orchestrated in August of 2003. These included attacking uh, the U.N., mission in Iraq, the Red Cross in Iraq, um, the Jordanian embassy in Iraq. There was an attack uh, directed against the Italians. The insurgents, as haphazard as their uh, terrorism has been, has had the ultimate goal of uh, isolating America, which is, and it's worked. The United States is, uh, alas, in there uh, pretty much alone. Uh, with, you know, some... Where are the Bulgarians? Yeah, where are the Bulgarians now? Where are the Italians, um, et cetera? Most of these countries have realized it's time to cut your losses and get out, and even the British yeah. uh, are on route to doing this. Um, George Bush is a hapless commander-in-chief, and it would be useful if he would uh, go back to school and read some history of the region. Or spend some more time picking lettuce in Guatemala. Yeah. And apparently... Uh, he had a great time doing that. Um, so, that could be his uh, true calling. Yeah. And one other very quick uh, brain damage award. I wanted to give out a brain damage award to the orchestration of Sheikh Khalid Mohammed's uh, so-called confession at Guantanamo. Uh, it's interesting that this came in the midst of uh, Alberto Gonzalez's uh, meltdown over mm. the attorney dispute that uh, appears to be a scandal that uh, is not going to go away for Mr. Bush. But I'm surprised he didn't take credit for uh, the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa's body or maybe even the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> he seemed to take credit for virtually everything since 1987 or something. It's just implausible. S some of the stuff he's obviously been involved in, but... For the United States to leak this uh, document uh, in the midst of Gonzalez's meltdown is uh, where the White House is at. PR, propaganda, disinformation, and delusional thinking. That's about what it is. Uh, we'd like to thank Yelchin uh, for engineering tonight, and welcome back to him. Yes, he's back. He's tanned and rested and back from <laughs> Turkey. So uh, do stay tuned. Do uh, check out the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor.